Welcome to Our Parents Did What? A Tour of the Parenting Perils of Yesteryear. I'm Diane Aragona. And I'm your co-host, Jen Tierney. Join us as we travel back in time to take a look at the sometimes unbelievable history of parenting. Hi, Diane. Hello, Jen. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. That's good. A little tired, but, yeah. you know. I mean, the life of a mom. Seriously. <laughs> I just have to accept that this is the new normal. Yes, <laughs> I know. I know. It's hard. There's nothing easy about it. <laughs> you know, it's like when you first try to get out of bed and you're like, oh my God, I want to die. Mm -hmm. I feel like every day that feeling gets a little bit shorter and I like turn it around and I'm like, it's okay. I got this. Yeah. Let's do it. Yep. Yeah. It's definitely a, it's a curve. It gets a little easier every day. <laughs> it is. And then you have another one and it all starts over again. Yeah, see, I'm not on board with that yet. <laughs> Don't be on board with it for like at least a year. Give yourself time. <laughs> yeah, uh, my husband will sometimes say, um, oh, when we have the other one. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're not talking about this yet. <laughs> yeah, you're you're still in like this baby is good birth control territory. <laughs> oh, big time. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, good. So uh, why don't you start with your mom moment? Okay, absolutely. So I have today an anti-mom moment. <laughs> it is great. I did not mom for 24 hours this weekend. Yeah. It was amazing. I left my three children at home with my husband, and I drove out to Rhinebeck, New York, for the New York State Sheep and Wool Festival. Good for you. It was lovely. I stayed over in Amherst, Massachusetts with my friend Kate. It was just so lovely. We went out to have ramen the first night. And I have never had actual ramen before. I've only ever had like... What? Cup of noodles ramen. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Jen. Oh, it was so good. I, I had a... Oh, best. It was so good. I had that. Um, I had a flight of sake. The next day, we went and looked at yarn and sheep. I had a lamb sandwich for lunch because it's that Ooh. kind of festival. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean. It was very funny. Um, it's like a birth to death life of the sheep <laughs> event. The only thing about this 24-hour period was that I had to pump the whole time. And when you're at a festival... <laughs> There's like they had really nice bathrooms there actually like they were stall bathrooms it wasn't like porta potties but I'm like right. in a stall pumping and I'm like in there huddled up against the side of the stall and I and I go to like untwist my pump from the bottle so that I can like pack up the milk and the little like inside gasket on the on the pump like falls off and rolls away and I was just like oh my god no like, the disgusting gross bathroom at the Dutchess County Fairgrounds in Rhinebeck oh. New York and I was like Ugh, this is such a mom moment seriously <laughs> so yes even even within my anti-mom 24-hour moment I had a mom moment oh well you can't get away from it when you're when you're nursing and no pumping. it's true can't do it so tell me all about yours well, it's funny that yours is an anti-mom moment because mine kind of is too. <laughs> so we're, we're sort of in sync and we didn't even know it. Uh, and very similar with your pumping experience. I did not get a full 24 hours away, but um, 
I'm on the the board of directors for the New York Singing Teachers Association, and our season runs uh, September through May, usually. Mm-hmm. And so we had our first event of the season this past weekend that I was helping to run in Manhattan. And so uh, on a Sunday, I dropped the baby off in the afternoon and I went into New York, you know, and I got to do like a whole afternoon and evening of like mm. professional development and not mommy related things at all, yeah. just all like all business and singing and you know, meeting with colleagues that I hadn't seen since last year. And I mean, obviously people were asking me about my baby, but it was mostly just stuff that was of importance to me as yeah. a person. Oh, that's great. And I did have to pump in the bathrooms of Opera America, but again, they had very nice bathrooms. So shout out to National Opera Center. <laughs> but um, no, but it was it was really great. And uh, and it was nice to have that moment. And I feel like I, I got home refreshed yes you know oh yeah just just like a few hours away sometimes really like brings you back in a much better place (laughs) it really does and I think knowing that she is a little older now it's less scary to leave her for a long period of time because I was gone for like seven hours yeah usually when I teach I only you know leave her for like three or four hour increments so this was this was nice I felt okay with it. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. So tell me about what you're talking about today. Okay. So I really wanted to do uh, something about children's entertainment and the uh, the history of children's entertainment and then uh, quickly realized that that was far too broad for one episode. So I decided to focus my energy on one children's network that was of great importance to me growing up, selfishly. All right. (laughs) Contrary to what you may think, since I am a big Disney nerd, I'm not doing the (laughs) Disney Channel. Oh, wow. Shocker. But they they do make an appearance in this story. Okay. But I am going to do Nickelodeon, the history of Nickelodeon. Hooray. I love Nickelodeon. (laughs) Uh, Mainly because I think... uh, The interesting thing about Nickelodeon to me is that unlike PBS, it was not really, aside from maybe like the Nick Jr. kind of stuff, it it was not really educational television for children. It was truly just entertainment. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) Geared toward kids. Yeah. So I I went down a little rabbit hole of how we got there. So (laughs) shall we dive in? Absolutely. Super excited. Okay. So uh, Nickelodeon was actually launched in 1977. Oh, really? Which surprised me. But it wasn't called Nickelodeon yet. It was called Pinwheel. Oh. Yes, which I had never heard of. Interesting. Yeah. So Pinwheel was actually educational entertainment for children. I'm assuming it was more akin to like a PBS. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, educational entertainment from around the world uh, for 12 hours a day with no commercials. Oh, Oh, bring me back to those days. Right? Yeah. But in 1979, so just two years later, they rebranded themselves as Nickelodeon, and they started to expand the type of programming that they were going to offer. They added on a show, a Canadian sketch comedy show. Yay. Called You Can't Do That on Television. Yeah, You Can't Do That on Television. Oh, so good. I love You Can't Do That on Television. I have very vague memories of You Can't Do That on Television because most of, and I'm getting ahead of myself in my story, but most of my memories are of all that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, certainly. I I feel like I only watched 
you can't do that on television for like a year or two before it and I may have also watched it in syndication. I don't know if I watched it when it was truly live. Well, I can tell you right now. Okay. Um, it was they were airing it in syndication up until 1994. Yes. So that's probably, so. you know, when I was watching it um, up until I was because I would have been nine then. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So when when I read that, I was like, OK, I vaguely remember this. So mm -hmm. this sounds familiar. I did not know that uh, that is where the channel's iconic green slime originated. Oh, yes, it is from the lockers. Yeah, I did not realize that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? So, yeah, and that has stuck with the network until present day. I mean, I think they still slime people at the Kids' Choice Awards. So. Oh, yes, for sure. They do. It still seems yeah. gross. <laughs> Do your kids watch any Nickelodeon? No, we don't. So we don't have cable. So I, I think right, like... Neither do we. <laughs> yeah. So the, the one thing that they really love that's on Nickelodeon is Paw Patrol, which they Everybody love. Everybody loves Paw Patrol. Love Paw Patrol. But, but we they never watch it. Like we've rented a few Paw Patrol DVDs from the library, but... But that's it because it's not on Netflix and there are no full episodes on like YouTube or anything. So if you want to watch it, you you have to either have Nickelodeon or get a DVD as far as I know. And so or you have to like rent it through Amazon. And so mostly my kids just love Paw Patrol for their like play, you know, so, right. so they have a lot of Paw Patrol stuff and they do a lot of make believe with Paw Patrol. But they don't really watch it. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize Paw Patrol was a Nickelodeon show, but now I know. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> See? Look at that. So that was 1979 mm -hmm. when they started airing You Can't Do That on Television. Yep. But by 1980, the network was having dismal ratings. It was largely unprofitable. They had lost $4 million by 1984. Holy moly. Yeah, they were not doing well, uh, probably because they were sort of disjointed at that point. They were still doing a lot of the educational programming. And then they had this like one sketch comedy show and they only had like 12 hours of programming and then they'd go dark at night. So they decided that they were going to do their second rebranding of Nickelodeon and they started to include commercials. And in 1984, they shed any of their old image as a family-friendly educational network and moved strictly to entertainment for kids geared towards their interests. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Thank goodness. Uh-huh. I know. <laughs> uh, before I go on, I just a uh, fun fact that I didn't know, but the name Nickelodeon comes from the first five cent movie theaters that mm -hmm. were called Nickelodeons. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I That's that's one of those fun little things I remember because when I was little, I remember going to some like old timey Western themed like play place or something. And there was like a, oh, put in 25 cents and view the Nickelodeon. And you could like put your face up to it and watch a little movie. And and I was like, huh, why is this called the Nickelodeon? You know, and I, I, was right. like, I knew Nickelodeon from TV. And my mom was like, well, that's what these are called. That's where the TV station gets its name from. And I was like, oh, OK, got it. <laughs> got it, mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I knew yeah. that because of I, I forget the name of that place, but it was like. My mom would know. I was Chuck just going to say, I bet your too. mom would remember. Yeah, for sure. It was like this funny little place you went to with like a train ride and actors who pretended to be like train robbers. It was really funny. Was it I Wild West City? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> it was a real Kathy Salamone, yeah. you know, day trip. 
<laughs> yeah, we never did Wild West City. We used to do the Land of Make Believe. Oh yeah, we did Land of Make Believe yeah. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're getting we're getting off topic. I okay. know we should cover those two places at some <laughs> we point. We should. We should. You're right <laughs> because so there's good. not. They don't really have places like that anymore. I feel I like. Oh, there's one up here. I forget what it's called, but but yeah, there's they don't really have them anymore, and they're phenomenally interesting things from yeah. like the 80s and 90s. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. I digress. But the yes. 80s and 90s are a fascinating time. I know. Uh, so uh, the first big success of a show that they had once they did this second rebranding was Double Dare, the game right. show. right. Yeah. Which I loved. It's such a good show. It was it's so, so great. great. It was just funny and silly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's such a good show. And I always remember watching it as a very shy, like scared kid as I was and always thinking like, I could never do that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a tiny bit of a tangent, but- it's interesting that you felt that way because Mark Summers somehow did it and he he has some very, very severe OCD. Like yeah. remarkably severe. And he had to get dirty and gross and like ugh. I remember reading a um a really fascinating article about him and how he would like be in his living room and he had a carpet, like a rug on his on his living room floor that had tassels on the ends and he'd sit there on the floor and like cut the ends so they'd all be even (laughs) so like one piece of thread wouldn't stick out further than the others so like he had some very severe issues when it came to like order can you imagine hosting that show no (laughs) so that sounds like a nightmare yeah i mean i think he's described it that way now years later (laughs) I guess when you're an actor and you get your first big break, you'll do anything. Yeah, I guess. Like, Howie Mandel is like that, too. He, like, can't shake someone's hand. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I know, right? Oof. All right. Anyway. Back to it. Continue. This is such an interesting <laughs> is, topic. I know. So, okay, so that was uh, 1984 when they moved to this uh, new branding. And in 1984 also, that's when we get the first – I don't know how to describe it. Where I read it, they called it the splat orange logo yes you know with like the big like splattery orange and then it says nickelodeon and like big bubble letters in the middle yes that's when that logo started okay was, uh, in the 1980s rebranding of of the network okay uh so everything started to get like splat slime yes. silly kid stuff yeah no education who needs it no <laughs> Uh, And up until 1985, Nickelodeon, uh, when they did their rebranding in the early 80s, they had a partnership with A&E where I, I, from what I was reading, it seems like they would go off the air at like 8 or 9 p.m. and A&E would show movies Mm -hmm. all night. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but A&E went and to their own network. Mm. So uh, when they did that, for a while, Nickelodeon was just going to a sign-off screen in 1985, and nothing was playing. But in that July, they decided to launch my favorite growing up, because I would always convince my parents to let me stay up and watch The Brady Bunch, Nick at Night. Nick at Night, so good. Which I didn't realize had been around since 1985. So they launched Nick at Night, where they would show reruns of of much older shows. Mm Mm-hmm. I think all night long, or at least for yeah. a very long time. I love Nick at Night. I dream of Jeannie. I love Lucy. Oh, so good. Right? Oh, I so know. Good. I used to love it too. So then in 1986, Warner sold Nickelodeon to Viacom mm-hmm. along with MTV and VH1. Ah. So now Viacom owned these three uh, big stations. And this is where Nickelodeon really starts to take flight. Ah. Uh-huh. In 1988, they host the first annual Kids Choice Awards. Which I never really used to watch. Yeah, I've never watched it. I know they slime people. Mm-hmm. 
That's about it. Yeah. And they give awards for like silly things like best on-screen kiss and... But again, I didn't realize that was going on since before I was born. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and also in 1988 was when they introduced Nick Jr. Yeah, Nick Jr. Um, yes, which I did love. And Nick Jr. was educational. Well, I guess it still is uh, educational yeah. programming for preschool age children. Yeah, it was like what I watched when I stayed homesick from school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gullah Gullah Island. Oh, yeah. Right? Wasn't that on mm-hmm. Nick Jr.? Gullah Gullah Island and Blue's Clues and yes. Dora the Explorer. So many good Dora, ones. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> In the early 1990s, that's when Nickelodeon opened their production facility at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. It was glorious. Yes. It was so cool. <laughs> I loved it. I think I only went once or twice, but it was amazing. We only went once and it was so cool. Yep. And I didn't realize it was open until 2005. Oh my goodness. Really? Yeah, it was around for a long time. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we went... We got to sit in as a test audience for a show that, like, never ended up going to air. It was really cool. Oh, yeah. They used to do that. Yeah. It was, like, a lot of slime involved. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting a little off topic here. But if I'm getting my history correct, because this opened in the early 1990s, and I think MGM Studios in Disney opened in 1989, mm-hmm. I think Disney had gotten wind that Universal was going to open – Nickelodeon Studios production facility. And um, Michael Eisner was like, well, we need to open a like, movie kind of studio mm-hmm. place too to compete. And we're going to open oh. ours first. They actually got it done first. And they opened MGM Studios, which is now Hollywood Studios, in 1989. And I think it was like a response to the Universal Oh, cool. Studios. Well, we can, thank, we can thank Nickelodeon for MGM Studios then, huh? Yeah, thanks, Nick. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> one of my favorite studios or my favorite parks. So I good. know. Me too. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. <laughs> Tangent. I'll do Disney another day. <laughs> All right. Uh, so 1994, as we said before, is when You Can't Do That on television finally stopped airing, which gave mm. Nickelodeon room to start their own sketch comedy show. Mm-hmm. All that. Mm-hmm. Which really changed my childhood oh yeah I loved all that so much loved it to the point where I remember when we got to college we had this like I think it was called DC plus plus it was like this like illegal downloading yes yes (laughs) uh thing online where you could like you could download songs you could download (laughs) shows and my friend and I downloaded a bunch of uh all that episodes I think Uh because we were so excited to rewatch them yeah and then we rewatched them and they were so stupid they were wonderful but so stupid, yes. In my brain, I, I had built them up to be like, obviously they were for kids, but I built them up like this was brilliant. And then oh, I yeah. went back and watched it and I was like, no, this is truly just for 10-year-old kids. <laughs> but it was brilliant. Oh my gosh, it was – that's what was so brilliant about it was that they like took the the recipe from Saturday Night Live and went, how do we make this something that kids will love? And they just I don't, they just nailed it. It was <laughs> – yeah. It's so great. Like to this day, when I like I love Keenan Thompson. He is a brilliant comedian and the like the backbone of Saturday Night Live. He really is. He's just amazing. And to this day, when I think about him, the character I think of before any other character he's ever played is Pierre Escargo oh my God. sitting in the bathtub saying Qui a coupé du fromage. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, I 
I can, there's nothing funnier than that to me. Like a grown a grown man sitting in a bathtub wearing a raincoat with a rubber duck saying who cut the cheese in French. Just oh. amazing. <laughs> it was so funny. And I, I remember uh what was her name? Mary Beth Ginsburg? Mary, yes. Yeah, Mary, Mary Beth, Beth Ginsburg. Ginsburg, yeah. Oh, she was my favorite. Yeah. I mean it, it launched the careers of a lot yes. of kids. I mean, Keenan, Amanda Bynes. Yeah. Um, uh, Jamie Lynn Spears was on it for a yes. while. Yeah. There were a lot of great people on it. And and yeah. I feel like it was the first time that as a kid, I had any sort of a message that women and young women specifically could be funny and that that was okay. Yeah. And so I feel very much like I, I felt emboldened to be more outgoing and more funny and try to like tell funny stories and stuff like that because of that show because I was like oh well if Mary Beth can do it I can do it (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah yeah she was great she was so great so I wonder what she's doing now I don't you know I feel like I totally looked her up once and I can't remember but I think she did go on to do other things I think a, a lot of the kids actually if I'm remembering correctly a lot of the kids uh that didn't go on to become comedians went on to like do absolutely nothing in acting but like do really cool stuff like like they were they were okay psychologically yeah absolutely it's like what's her name from uh from matilda and mrs doubtfire she's like a normal person now (laughs) which is quite nice um so i think aside from all that and double dare and you know some of those great live action shows you remember Mm -hmm. like pete and pete yeah and uh hey dude yeah Um, hey dude you know all those good ones (laughs) What Nickelodeon was really known for, and I think is still known for, is uh, its Nicktoons, mm-hmm. which were its original cartoons. Yep. Do you know the three original Nicktoons that aired? Huh. Yes. I'm sure you're going to tell me, and I'm going to go, oh, yeah. This you will. This. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it was Doug. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so first of all, they, they all, oh, these three came out in 1991. Okay. So uh, it was Doug, which ran from 1991 to 1994. Didn't realize it was that short. I didn't realize it was that short either. No. It feels so prolific. I know. But oh remember Disney Channel bought it and then it moved to the ABC Saturday mornings and it was a different Doug. Do you oh, remember yes. that? It was awful. Yeah. There was, was no terrible. point in watching it at all. No. Oof. No. So it was Doug. Ren and Stimpy, oh, yes. which ran from 91 to 96. Yeah. Ren and Stimpy was just, first of all, I loved it. But oh, it was, yeah. Look at, watching it now, it was very strange and messed up. It was very much like, why would you ever, ever think that this was something to show children? And why, as a parent, would you ever allow your children to watch it? I, would, I don't think I'd ever let my kids watch Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> no. But I love it. Me too. I do, even as an adult. Yes. Okay, so tell me the third one. Sorry. Do you want to guess the third one? Now that you've... It's okay if you don't want to. <laughs> it's awful that I'm, like, completely blanking on... Like, because I watched all these shows and I loved them so this much. Is, like, your time. <laughs> I know. This is my time. These were much... Oh, Rocco's Modern Life? No, but Darn. that came shortly after. Oh, man. That was, like, one the my next favorites. one after the first... I think Rocco's Modern Life came out in, like, 92 or 93. Oh, but, my goodness. But no, it's not... The third one that came out in 91 was Rugrats. Oh! <gasps> Rugrats, of course it was. Oh. And Rugrats ran from 91 to 2004. Oh, what? Yeah, oh over 10 years. Oh, holy moly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. I oh, I still think about Rugrats sometimes when I'm Me like too. imagining my kids and like before they can talk, like what are they thinking? Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, side note. I knew this. David the Gnome was actually a Spanish show. (gasps) Did you know this? No. It was, okay. I know this because my cousin Jenny, uh, she told me this, I want to say like a few months ago, because her son, Eric, who's two, has gotten really into David the Gnome. And so they were researching it. And it was a Spanish language show. The one we watch is dubbed in English. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. wild. Yeah. But was it on Nickelodeon? Do we know? Um... I mean, I can look it up, I guess. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to find out. Let's see. It was Nickelodeon. Okay. All right. It just wasn't a Nick tune. <laughs> no, it was not an original Nick tune. And I think that's the distinction. In 1991, they started making their original yeah. Nick tunes. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. then we get Rocco's Modern Life. We get Ah Real Monsters. Mm-hmm. We get SpongeBob SquarePants. So many incredibly inappropriate shows. Yep. <laughs> Cat dog. Cat dog. Whoa. Like trying to think of other ones, but those are the big ones. Yeah, those yeah. And my like SpongeBob has some real lasting Yes. Like that. SpongeBob is still on today. I know. It's wild. My kids Mm. so when my kids are at their grandparents' house in Connecticut, for some reason it always manages to be on while we're there. And I would normally never show it to them, but we're at Grammy and Grampy's, so it's fine. If you want to watch, it's fine. But they love him. They call him Spongebox because he looks like a box. (laughs) (laughs) And they just think he's Riot. And I'm so glad that most of the jokes on that show go completely over their heads because it is remarkably inappropriate. Remarkably. It's like half written for adults. Yeah. There are a lot of cartoons out there, Disney included, that have jokes in them that are like completely inappropriate. But they go way over the heads of kids. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Nicktoons, a uh, huge thing. Uh, in 2002, Nickelodeon launched uh, a subscription channel called Nicktoons. I don't know if you remember oh, that. Oh, I don't remember that. That's after me. Yeah, you had to pay for it. And I remember my parents were like, no way. Yeah, because I remember Disney had that, didn't they? Yes. Disney Channel, you had to pay for it for a very long time. I mm-hmm. think now it's on regular cable. Yes. But we did pay for Disney Channel for a while. Oh, my wow. House. Lucky. We did not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think Nickelodeon in the early 2000s started doing this. Um, they also, they came out with the N, I think it was called, which was like their teen Nick oh. network. Oh, I don't know about that at all. Also a subscription channel. Yeah. So uh, in 1992, they extended their Saturday night programming to 10 p.m. And they called it SNCC. Do you remember SNCC? Yes, SNCC. I remember SNCC okay. for sure. SNCC is what became teen Nick. Oh, and that had like Roundhouse and, and that kind of it stuff. It had Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, First yeah. It explains it all. Uh, the Amanda Show, Keenan and Kel. It had like the stuff for teenagers. Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. I think Secret World of Alex Mack, right? Oh, I love that one. I loved yeah. it. That's mm-hmm. why I love wearing hats. <laughs> yes. Oh, she was so cool. <laughs> she was so cool. <laughs> She's still an actress, and sh- I've seen her in a few shows. Really? Oh, my gosh. Now I yeah. have to look her up. <laughs> so that kind of takes us to the early 2000s. Um, in 2005, Nickelodeon Studios closed down. You know, today, Nickelodeon is its still the most popular children's network. Uh, I mean, it kind of competes with the Disney Channel a little bit, but it's got lots of live action now, as well as the cartoons. Um, and they did take a page out of Disney Channel's book because they started doing shows like Victorious, which are music shows. Oh. So like they decided to do things like Hannah Montana on mm-hmm. Disney Channel. Yep. 
where they could launch the career of like a teen singing star mm-hmm. through, a, through the sitcom. And so then this, this star of the show was the star of the show, but she also had a singing career and she was like this well-rounded, just like kid star. Yeah. So they started doing that, I think, to compete with like the Hannah Montana and the Demi Lovato and, you know, all those. Yep. On Disney Channel. Uh, And then I just want to leave you with uh, one last thing that made me kind of happy and a little sad that it's not going on anymore, but happy that it continued for so long. But um, up until 2015, Nickelodeon still aired a bi-monthly special of Nick News with Linda Ellerby. (gasps) Really? Yep. Oh. Which I thought was really special because I used to like Nick News. I love Nick News. It was great. Oh, that... They gave me some butterflies. Me too. I know. So that's where we are today. And that's Nickelodeon. I'm sure I left things out, but it's a big history with lots of shows. So we could have done a deep dive into each one, but you know. Yeah. It'd be super interesting to look at some of the specific shows in in more depth to see like some of the truly, truly inappropriate moments of of your Ren and Stimpies and your cat dogs. Totally. I just, I think to, to bring it back to, you know, the aspect of parenting for a brief moment, I don't want to go too long. Um, mm-hmm. I think in the eighties and nineties, it was, you know, a lot of moms were working. Mm-hmm. We had households with uh, two parents that were out in the workforce and, you know, kids were coming home after school and needed something to do. And I think it, it was the beginning of not all entertainment for children needs to be educational. And that has continued and is still very popular today. And I think is very controversial today. I think, I think in the eighties and nineties, people thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And now people are starting to wonder, well, should we have our kids watch mindless television that teaches them nothing? <laughs> <laughs> And so it's Nickelodeon is kind of where it all started. Yeah. I mean, I personally think that if I could raise my children as if it were the 90s, they would be all the better for it. But <laughs> yeah, but we can't. It's a different time. No, it's a completely different time. There are certain like aspects of it that you could probably recreate, but but there are parts that just we can't get back. It's just ugh. but the TV aspect is one of those things that I wonder about is, you know, like when my kids watch TV now, a lot of the shows are, even when they're entertaining, they are about, you know, learning how to be a good friend or every, everything's a little bit educational in one way or another. Whereas all that was just a giant ear of corn. <laughs> oh, what was that character from Ren and Stimpy? Powdered Toast Man? You know, yes! like, <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> oh my goodness. So I, oh, I love, I love all that stuff. And it, it, there's a nostalgia to that that's really pure. <laughs> I know. And I thought maybe our, you know, if our listeners are young moms like us, then I'm assuming they grew up in maybe the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and and possibly we'll have a nice little moment of, oh, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll be a little bit kinder to ourselves when we wonder whether or not we should be showing certain things to our kids. <laughs> Yes, I because I mean I hate I hate the phrase like well I turned out fine but I mean in this respect I mean I watch Nickelodeon constantly oh, and yeah. I I am a person an adult who loves to read and loves to learn so mm-hmm. I don't think it dampened that aspect of me at all yeah yeah exactly <laughs> moms you're doing okay if you have to sit your kids in front of the TV for a minute please don't beat yourself up <laughs> no no it's all good. Mm-hmm. 
do you want to tell people where they can find us? Absolutely. So you can uh, check out show notes for all of our episodes at opdwpodcast.com. You can find us on social media at opdwpodcast on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you have any ideas for things you'd like us to cover on future episodes for topics, uh, you can send those to opdwpodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a really cool mom moment or dad moment that you'd like to share with us for us to either talk about on the show or or just to or just to let us know happened, you can use the hashtag mom moment or dad moment on your your social media of choice and we'll we'll look for it and then we'll uh, maybe read it on the show. Absolutely. So yeah. Our music is by Theo Rosenberg. So thanks, Theo. Thanks, Theo. All right, Diane, until next time. R-E-C-Y-C-L-E, recycle, C-O-N-S-E-R-V-E, conserve. Don't you P-O-L-L-U-T-E, pollute the river, sky, and sea, or else you're gonna get what you deserve. Yeah. (laughs) 